Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. Many of y'all know that I'm really passionate about non-toxic products, and I'm super mindful of the products that we bring into our home. I actually am not a big makeup wearer, and part of that is because I've had a really hard time finding non-toxic makeup products that actually work and that I actually like until I found Araza Beauty. Araza Beauty is an amazing organic natural paleo makeup makeup company. A lot of their um, products are made from real food ingredients, and you can pronounce most of the ingredients. I love their all-in-one coconut cream foundation. It offers a lot of coverage, actually more coverage than I'm typically used to um, because I don't really like the way makeup feels on my face, but it's so comfortable. I don't feel it on my face, and it looks amazing. I also love their mango cream color pot for just a little bit of color on my cheeks. Everything is so creamy and makes your skin look so dewy and healthy. You can save 15% off your first order when you use the code TAYLOR. So go to arazabeauty.com, that's A-R-A-Z-A beauty.com, and use the code TAYLOR to save 15% on your first order. Hi everyone, welcome. I am super excited today. I have one of my favorite people on Instagram joining me. You may know her, Shauna of A Little Less Toxic. Um, Shauna is a Jesus-following wife, mama, daughter, sister, and friend. She's a credentialed school teacher currently homeschooling her little ones. She's a lifelong lover of learning. She shares what she's able about how she makes her home and life a little less toxic on the interwebs in case it may be helpful for anyone else. Over 130,000 people have decided to join her on this journey so far, and she keeps showing up for them and anyone else who might come along. So excited for this conversation. She is just a wealth of information and knowledge and just a joy to talk to, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm so excited. I have Shauna from A Little Less Toxic here with me today to talk all about non-toxic or low toxic living. Shauna, I, your Instagram account is one of my favorite accounts. I just feel like you're so joyful and like you're funny and you're just so, you're just so fun. And I, you are so educational and I just really appreciate you and your Instagram and just, I just love you. And I thank you so much for being here today to talk to me. Thank you. The feeling is so super mutual. I love you, everything you do. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, Okay. So can you tell us what, like, what has been your journey, like getting into like this, you know, do you, do you say more of like non-toxic living or do you focus more on like low toxic living? Cause I know your account is a little less toxic. I always focus more on low toxic living rather than like setting the standard of non-toxic because I feel like that's such an unattainable standard, but how, I feel like I just rambled on there, but how did you how did you get here? Like, how did you learn about wanting to reduce toxins in your family? What was your journey like to get here? There's kind of like a a long story to it, but essentially I did not grow up this way. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, my mom did the best she could with what she knew and, and, and everything that she had available to her, but we lived very, very conventionally. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't a sickly person, but I did end up having some um, illness stuff here and there that ended up being like chronic migraines or sinus infections or whatever, and treating that very conventionally until I got very, very sick and came close to losing my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of just set me on this trajectory of trying to figure out a different way to approach what was going on with me. And as soon as I did, I found out that the different way made a whole lot of difference in the conventional way was not helping and only making me sicker. So it kind of mm-hmm. just 
opened up my eyes and mind to seeing things differently. And I started reading labels and I started paying attention to what I was bringing into my home and putting into my body. And I never looked back and it's been about eight and a half years of doing that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I kind of had, I mean, I didn't have the same, I didn't have a ton of health issues that, that brought me onto this journey, but I just started learning about like one thing. Like, I think I started with food and, and, you know, pesticides and and chemicals in our food. And then I moved on to like, um, personal care products. And it's almost like this. Once you start learning, there's just, there's another rabbit hole to go down and another, another thing to replace. And it, it can be really overwhelming, but, um, and we'll talk more about that later about how to not make it so overwhelming, but it really does make such a huge difference. I found in trying to reduce our toxic load. Um, my journey has probably been about, you know, probably also eight, seven or eight years now. And then that intensified when I became a mom, because I started caring more, even more about the products that I was bringing into our home. Um, but it does make a huge difference. And it's also really interesting, you know, to like make connections that you've never been able to make before. Like for example, um, when I stopped using fragrance, I realized all of a sudden that my entire life, I had lots of headaches and now I didn't have headaches all of the time, but when I'm around fragrance a lot, I now get headaches again. And it's like my whole life, I was miserable with headaches and I just thought it was normal and it was just how people live. Um, so it's really interesting to like make those connections as you start eliminating certain products and certain chemicals from your life. But why for people that are kind of new to this journey, or maybe don't know anything about you know, toxins and, and living a low toxic lifestyle. Why, why do we care about it? Like what, what, why does it matter so much? So I think I I was really like wanting to nod my head off with part of what you were just saying about fragrance. So Mm -hmm. I think that uh, part of why it does matter is we don't realize how much it does matter. And what I experienced when I first started out on this journey, I started with an elimination diet to try and figure out if there were some foods that can be inflammatory, if I was having an inflammatory response to them. And prior to this, I ate whatever I wanted all the time. I didn't really have any issue that I knew of with food causing any kind of, uh, of a negative reaction. I just felt not good a lot of the time, but Mm -hmm. that came later. You know, I wasn't like, Oh, you know, I, I give the example that we would go to McDonald's, my friends and I, and they would say like, I don't feel good after I eat it. And I would say, I feel great. I really (laughs) thought I felt great after eating it. It didn't bother me at all, but it wasn't until I eliminated and not like just speaking of McDonald's, I eliminated some specific food items like gluten, soy, dairy, corn, eggs, even things that can be beneficial for some people, but can cause a reaction. I removed those for a specific amount of time and then reintroduced them to see if they were causing reaction. And that's when I learned that they did. And it wasn't just a small thing. It was crippling me and causing my body to just really, really deteriorate. And I didn't know that it was doing anything until I took them out and took a look at that and examined it. Mm -hmm. And, but once I did, I started to realize that there are a lot of other things that I'm exposed to or inviting into my life that are not serving me well, but without the eyes to see it, but just constantly living in, in a way that wasn't really like beneficial to me and wasn't giving me the freedom that I'm supposed to have so that I can live well and serve well. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so fascinating. I had a similar experience. I didn't go on like a full elimination diet, but when my first child was born, um, I had to eliminate some foods because she had food sensitivities. And so I was trying to rule out, you know, what she, or figure out what she was sensitive to, um, what she was reacting to. And I never considered that I had sensitivities. And so she was sensitive to dairy and soy for sure. Um, so I was like a year for a year, I was dairy free. And I felt the first few months, I felt amazing. Like, mm. I mean, it was really awful and hard. Cause I hated every second of it because it was so hard <laughs> to figure out what to eat, but like health wise and like mood wise, I felt so much better than I'd ever felt before. And I realized that was because I had a dairy sensitivity. Mm. Um, and now, you know, since then I've, I think this is so complicated and we obviously can't get into all of the like intricacies of like the food sensitivities and gut health, because now I can eat raw dairy again. And I feel great on it because I've done a lot of things to heal my gut. But at the time I was pretty unhealthy. I, what I was eating a lot of processed food, um, 
my, I've always had gut issues and kind of the same as you, like I was raised very conventionally. We ate a lot of processed food, a lot of fast food. We went out to eat multiple times a week. And I basically always felt like garbage. I really did. Besides the headaches that I just talked about, like my gut was always just like torn up. And I just thought that was how people live. I really didn't know that some people actually just like feel good. (laughs) Like as sad as that is, it's like, if you don't have anything else to compare it to, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you know it, like until you figure it out. Um, so that's, it's really fascinating. Can you like give us maybe just like a basic overview of like, what are toxins and why do they impact us? And like, what should we know about some of the products that we use if we're kind of new to this? Yeah. So there are toxins and those are things that naturally exist in the environment. So those would include things like, you know, um, arsenic, how that is in rice because it comes from the ground. So there's things that are in nature and then there are toxicants, which Damien always questions me if it's actually a real word or not. (laughs) Toxicants are more uh, man-made. They are Mm. things that are like created in a lab and either of those things can cause issues when they're out of balance. The the issue with toxicants is they're like pretty much always out of balance. So depending on the exposure and the amount of things that we are being exposed to on a daily basis and depending on our bio individuality and our genetic makeup, it can just impact each of us differently and uh, can accumulate and cause issues over time, if that makes yeah. sense. So it could be in, in the food that we eat, the products that we're using to clean our house or to clean our bodies or to, um, to take care of our bodies or to use for makeup. It's, it's in mm-hmm. everything. And it can make a big difference. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good, I never, I actually didn't know the differentiation between toxins and toxicant toxicant. So now I need to start using that, but that's really interesting. And, um, you know, what I've learned too, over the years is that, I mean, it really does impact so much. So it can, you know, being exposed to toxins, toxicants, I'm just going to say toxins for simplicity sake, Yes, I um, too. <laughs> cause toxicants <laughs> is kind of a tricky word to say, but, and, and we're all different, you know, we all have, some of us are maybe more sensitive and some of us are going to be less sensitive. Um, but it can suppress our immune system. It can affect yes. our nervous system and the, you know, the communication of our nerves to our body. Um, and so it really, does impact so much. And some people are just going to really present with a lot of, um, issues because of it. And some people might not, but it's really impacting all of us in a way. Um, so I think that's an important thing to to, to kind of note is that, you know, having toxicants, toxins in the personal care products that you're using, even if it doesn't seem to impact you or somebody else, it still is in a way, it might not just be something that you can, that's really tangible at that time, but they're certainly not good or beneficial for anybody. Right. And there can be reactions that don't happen right away. So they're not always connected directly to the exposure. And there's also the accumulation factor too, you know, where, um, where it can be, you know, it's in our water, air, food, Mm -hmm. and our, and our supplies that we use. And we, we might not be able to link it to one direct thing, but over time we might start to be having different kinds of symptoms or experiences. And those things can be contributing to that. So, Mm -hmm. um, had something else I was going to say. It'll pop up later randomly at an inappropriate place. And you can just add it right in there (laughs) whenever. (laughs) Oh, inflammation. So a lot of things can be caused. So inflammation is something that is in us designed so that we can survive, right? It's a, it's a reaction. It's a response that our body does to help us to survive uh, a perceived threat, right? So if I get a cut, my body's going to have an inflammatory response. So it can send all the help that it needs to heal up the cut and prevent it from getting infected. That same kind of response or similar kind of response happens within our body without us always realizing that it's occurring. And we don't always feel the, the symptoms of that. So it, an inflammatory response can occur because of one of these exposures or after lots of these exposures, and we might not notice that it's there. And it can begin as a whisper, but eventually it will get our attention. And we don't always know what it is that's causing that. And I don't like to, like you were asking earlier about, you know, living toxic free versus Mm -hmm. like 
a little less toxic. And I don't like to strive for this like pure or perfect life where we have no toxic exposures, because like you said, I don't believe that that's attainable. And I believe that that's very stressful and stress is also toxic. Exactly. But I think that it is important for us to be mindful of what exposures we are allowing or inviting because they contribute to things that are contributing to the demise of our health, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a cumulative effect. So it's, you know, the more toxins that we're exposed to, the more toxins we're putting onto our body, into our body, inhaling, you know, whatever it looks like, Mm -hmm. the more issues we're likely going to have. And so if we can not have the goal of being totally toxic free, because let's be honest, I mean, if we're living in this world and we're not, unless we're off the grid in the way, which we just talked about how we want to go live off the grid, but Mm -hmm. you know, we're not right now. So if we're living in this world, in society, in the city, in the suburbs, um, you know, even walking through the store, like I can't go into public if I want to be totally live a non totally non-toxic lifestyle. I just couldn't go into public because I'm inhaling fragrance. When I go into public, I'm, um, you know, using, I'm likely using some hand soap at a, a public restaurant that has fragrance or other like toxins in it that I don't want to use. So, um, where was I going with that? But we, we minimize, we, we take the steps that we can to minimize our exposure, to minimize our children's exposure, knowing that we are going to be exposed to some toxins in our life. And it's okay. Like, like you said, our bodies are meant, are designed to protect us from those things, but there comes a point where there's just, where they're being bombarded. um, And they can't, they can't adequately respond to all of those toxins. So we can take small steps to reduce the toxic load so that our body can appropriately, appropriately respond to the exposures that we can't totally avoid. That's right. Yeah. Because some people do think, and I probably used to think that, you know, it's not like we can avoid it altogether. So it doesn't matter, but all the mitigation, the limiting, the minimizing we do really does make an impact. And so it does matter where we can and when we can, if we're able to limit those things from our life, it can make all the difference. Yeah. And if we think about it, like you said, our body, our body um, becomes inflamed. So our body has inflammation even to kind of combat these toxins. But if you think about if we're constantly bombarding ourselves with toxins and using, you know, personal care, multiple personal care products a day and foods that are full of these toxins, then our body is in this constant state of inflammation and it just can't work as well. Um, but then if we're, if we're minimizing these things, these toxins, then when we do, when we are exposed to them, inevitably, our body is not in this constant, hopefully is not in this constant state of inflammation, um, not constantly fighting toxins. And so then it can fight those toxins. So I always say too, like, even with my kids, I see this with my kids, you know, they're resilient. They can go into public and I'm not afraid of them inhaling a little bit of fragrance from somebody who passes by, um, who's wearing perfume because we don't have fragrance in our house. And so I know their bodies are not like overworked trying to combat those toxins. Does that make sense? Like, is that, is that how it works? I think partly, you know, one of my friends and my favorite nutritionist, Derek Johnson, he taught me that uh, one of the greatest and worst things about our human bodies is the ability to adapt. Mm-hmm. And like what you're saying with the kids and, and with us. So you mentioned earlier about fragrance, right? When, when you were exposed to it all the time, you didn't notice the connection that it was having to your body. And mm-hmm. when you removed it, you were able to now, when you go out in public or you're exposed to it somewhere, you, you can see your reaction really quickly. And I think that that's true with a lot of things. So when we're living just not considering these things and we're not noticing the reaction. It's not just that we're not noticing it's that our bodies have learned to adapt to these things Mm -hmm. because our bodies will always try and find balance. Our bodies are always working to try and live. And so there will be adaptations, but doesn't mean that we are not suffering the consequence of these things. Our bodies are just working around it. But when we remove the things and we give our bodies the chance to heal, then they're no longer having to work so hard to work around these obstacles or finding more balance. And so we're able to then navigate the exposures when they come, but you'll probably get a stronger reaction because Mm -hmm. your body is not doing this workaround thing. It's seeing it and it's letting you know right away, like, Hey, invader alert. (laughs) Yes. And even without the reaction, 
there, there's still something going on, but I'm always so dang thankful for my reactions because it is such Mm -hmm. a good reminder for me and it's a motivator as well. Yes. I was just about to say that, you know, it's the, even reactions to certain food, like we'll go, like, we're not, you know, in my family, we're not like crazy strict anymore because we don't really, you know, we're able to like go out to eat and like eat whatever we want, like every once in a while. And I'm not worried because we strive to take care of our bodies and eat and put good things into our bodies the majority of the time. But sometimes we do go out to eat and we're like, like me and my husband are like, Oh, we don't feel good. You know? And I'm really, just like you said, I'm really thankful for those Mm -hmm. opportunities, those reactions, because it reminds us that what we're doing here in our home matters and it's making a real difference to our health and the way that we feel. And so it's always good to have those little reminders. And then it's also like, Hmm, did I enjoy that? that burger with that bun as much as like, was it worth it for me to feel this way? And sometimes my answer is yes. Sometimes it is. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I want that chocolate cake (laughs) and I know that that sugar is going to make me have a headache, but I really want the chocolate cake and I'm going to deal with the headache. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not worth it to me, you Mm -hmm. know? So I think it's, it's really good to have those reactions. And I think it just, you're, when you're in tune with your body, and you can recognize those strong reactions and what is causing them. I think that's a really powerful thing because I did not have that growing up. I had no, I had no knowledge that the things that I put into and onto my body affect my health because, and a lot of people don't know that they really don't. And I think that's really a pretty scary idea that we're not, we're not empowered with that information. Right. I think a lot, it's kind of reminds me, you know, you teach a lot about like with like a mindful parenting, you know, and being connected to our kids, our kids being connected to their own emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a big disconnect for us as adults, not just with like our emotions, but also with how our body is responding and reacting to our environment. Mm -hmm. And that can be like emotional and uh, trauma triggers. And it could also be all the products and the foods that we're exposed to. And I think that the more that we can stay connected to what we're experiencing, the better we're able to navigate, not just those things, but all of the things that we encounter in the world around us. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it is all really connected in that you brought up a good point that, you know, this is something that I feel really strongly about too, is that there really is this link between all of this stuff, health, wellness, what we put into our body, what we, our thoughts, the way we respond. And I always, you know, this is kind of off topic, but I think it's worthy of discussing when I have parents that come to me and they're like, they're just really reactive people. Maybe they were, they were raised in a really react. This is me. They were raised in a reactive um, home, you know, with lots of yelling and, and things like this and punitive discipline. And they have a hard time managing their emotions and not lashing out and not reacting. Um, they're almost like in this fight or flight state all the time. That's how I have been. And I I am sometimes still like that. Um, when people come to me and ask for advice, you know, my first step is what environmental toxins do you have in your home? Because Mm -hmm. your body is in a constant state of stress right now. And the environmental toxins that you're being exposed to increase that stress. So when we can start to to reduce the stress in a way that we can manage and that we can control. So environmental toxins, we, we can begin to control that. We can reduce our stress and make our body more able to manage stress and to not be so reactive. Whereas if we're being bombarded with all of these external stressors and toxins, then that's only going to make it that much harder to heal and to control your emotions and all of that. So it really is all connected in a way. It is. Yeah. There's like huge links and tons of studies connecting, you know, uh, our mental health, uh, our emotional health to not, not just, you know, emotional stimuli and triggers and trauma, but also food and mm-hmm. products and, and everything else. It is all very interconnected. And it's something that I, I feel is worth considering. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So for those people that this is, they're new to this journey, how can, how can they start to make changes? How can this knowledge be applied without just getting into this like overwhelming situation? Cause it can be yeah. overwhelming, like feeling like I need to replace everything right now. And that's not a healthy way to do it either. Absolutely. And I get a lot of people coming to me with kind of that panic mindset, you know, and I, I really feel like that's not beneficial to anyone. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And I feel like everyone's place to start out is going to look different because 
that it will vary on, you know, where you are, what you have, what you're able to do, your circumstances and whatnot. But I, I feel like, well, for me, I, I don't know if it matters what is the first area to attack or not. I think that food's really important because it's actually going into your body. But mm-hmm. I don't think that you should necessarily throw out your entire pantry and start fresh unless that is what makes sense to you in this season with your budget and, and what your body needs. But what I did was I just started to replace things one product at a time as mm-hmm. I learned about them and found a better replacement. So I always give example of like shampoo or ketchup, you know. So once something is running low, I don't wait until it's completely gone because then you are more mm-hmm. likely to just grab the familiar thing at the familiar place or be, you know, uh, obligated to have to buy it at a local store where sometimes a better option might be online right. or, or somewhere a little further a away or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like to say, don't wait until something's completely gone. Give yourself a little bit of a grace period and start to look for a better replacement. And really it can be just uh, to say one day, one meal, one product at a time. And mm-hmm. as you continue to do that, because you'll be able to continue, that's more sustainable. You'll be able to continue to do that over time. And over time, it's going to make all the difference. Whereas if you were to say like, do this complete overhaul that is very stressful and maybe outside of your budget, it's, it's going to be stressful, which like I said, is toxic. And it's also, that's not very sustainable. Most people give that up and go back to their old ways. And I've seen that time and time again in friends and family and, and people that I've met along this journey, the more sustainable approach is slow. It's the Phil Dunphy slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's just (laughs) time over time. You're going to be able to look back and see, wow, a lot has changed. And that I think is also motivation to continue to do what you're doing. And it can be, sometimes it's going to be like a big purchase, like a bed Mm -hmm. or an air purifier or something. But most of the time it's going to be these slow and steady swaps one at a time for something that is a little less toxic. Uh, yeah, I love that. And I think that's, that is where most people start is just replacing, slowly replacing, like you said, the things in their pantry, the things in your bathroom. That's probably, that's where I started pantry and bathroom. Um, and you know, I, like, I totally relate to what you just said about if you like, if you wait until the thing is totally gone, you're going to be more likely to get the thing that is familiar to you. And I, I can't tell you how many products, how many times I've like ran out of, I don't know, say, dish soap, dish soap was like one of the last things I even thought about. I have been doing this for probably seven or eight years and Mm -hmm. I just got a non-toxic dish soap and it, some things you just don't even think about. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I'm like out of dish soap and I'm like, I know I need to find something better, but I don't have time to research, but here, I'm just going to get like, I'm going to start with something that I know is a little bit better. Okay. I know seventh generation is a little bit better than the, whatever I had before. And next time I'm going to look to see if I can find something even more, you know, toxin free than seventh generation. So it can also, even within the products themselves, like you can kind of have this slow, gradual replacing from, from like, I don't like, I don't like to use the labels of like bad or worse, but just for simplicity's sake, something bad to something better to something good, you know? Yeah. Even in doing that, you know, so that's what I've done for this whole time. So even in doing that, like I, I have something that I know is a little less toxic now, but as it runs low, I still look for a better mm-hmm. replacement. And if I can't find it, then I know that I'm making the best choice for me at this time. And it's yeah. been fun for me, you know, because it, because it's not overwhelming and because it's not very time consuming to do it that way. It's like, oh, like take the dish soap, for example. So this one's running low. And then I'm going to look now, is there something that's even better than this? And if not, then I feel very confident in my mm-hmm. purchase. And, and yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like it, it is, um, empowering to do it that totally. way. Totally. Yeah. And just accepting that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It does like yes. those small steps count because yesterday you had this huge toxin low, this huge toxin exposure. And today it's a little bit less and that matters that, that little difference matters on a day-to-day basis. It really does. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was lucky enough that, you know, I started this journey really before I had kids. And then, you know, as my daughter was a baby, like, I think is when I really went hard on it and I replaced everything. I replaced my, you know, my cooking wear and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really haven't had any like struggle with my kids because they've just 
they, they were born into this basically. But if somebody's starting fresh and they have maybe kids that are very opinionated about certain products or, um, you know, they're, they're just not feeling really on board with this. Do you have any suggestions for how to get your kids involved and to actually care about this and maybe even be excited about it? Yeah, I feel like, well, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where my kids have only known this life, that they're getting older, they're starting to have more experience with, you know, other people that live a little differently than we do. But I think, you know, with kids, um, they're, so anytime you make a change in the home, it doesn't usually go well, you know, if we're like, okay, what we figure out, I'll give an example of like bedtime. They're, can be chaos for like weeks and like, this is not working and something has to change. I'll have a conversation with the kids and I'll say, you know what? I can see that this isn't working for you or for our family or for me. This isn't really good for us the way that we're doing things. So I'm going to change it for us because I love you and because Mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do. And it might not feel great at first, but it is for our good. And that's why we're doing it. And I will give them the heads up that things are coming and I'll explain to them what is going to happen. And then I will do it and I will stick to it because when I back down or I pull back my boundary, cause they're going to push up against it. Then they'll know that I'm not serious <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I'll end up probably pulling my boundary back more. And that's not to say I can't be flexible, but like, even just when we instituted the wake up light in the room, it was for everyone's benefit. Cause they didn't know what in the world was going on. Like, what time is it? When do I get out of quiet time or whatever? I gave them something that was like a guideline. But if I had like been really wishy-washy about the light, then the light wouldn't have worked. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I have to remain consistent with love and kindness. And I think that is true of anything. So if we start to change like the food that we're serving or the products that we're using, there's bound to be initial backlash from husbands and kids alike. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But over time, especially with the kids, you know, they, they, they can adapt to change. Mm -hmm. And I know the older they are, the trickier that might be, but it's possible. And when it's for their good, we just do it because yeah. we love them and we figure out a way to make it make sense for all of us, whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. I love that. And I think this is also when it comes, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay for them to have their feelings about it. It's okay for them to yes. do that. And it's that thing. Like I remember when, you know, I learned a little bit more about certain shows that I was letting my toddler watch at the time. And I was like, you know what? I can't let you watch this anymore because it's not good for your brain. And so I always said, she would complain about it. She would cry about it. She really loved that show, you know, and I would, my response would be, I learned something new. I learned that this show is not good for your brain. My job is to protect your brain. My job is to make sure that you're safe and you grow strong. And so we can't watch that anymore. And I know that that's really hard for you. I know you like that show. And so it's this and right. It's, this is the way it is. And it's okay for you to feel bad about it. It's okay for you to not like it right now, but we're still going to do this or not do this or, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And like, I think that's such a great example. And you invite them into the process too. You know, my kids love not always, but most of the time they love to be a part of the decision-making process with food and the creative making process with Mm -hmm. food. I'm giving food as an example, but when we give power to them, that feels good to them. And when we give security and consistency, that feels good to them too. So even though there might be a change, the things that feel even better to them than that bite of food are going to make the difference over time, you know, like giving them some control and power and the the security and the stability. For sure. And, you know, I would also add that, so we have become a lot more lenient with my daughter and she's four now, but when she was like a baby and a toddler, like I would do no packaged foods, no candy, no sweets, like nothing. And we've become more lenient now. Like we'll let her have things when we go out because things are just different when they get a little older, like they don't want to feel left out. And they, you know, it, it starts to become kind of sad, but at the same time, I think it's also important to really emphasize that living a non, a low toxic lifestyle, switching out your food does not mean that you're not eating good food. It does not mean that you're not getting dessert. You know, there are so many ways and 
obviously everybody's going to have a different level of like what they're eliminating from their diet or, you know, you can make really good gluten-free refined, sugar-free dairy-free foods. Uh If that's what you want to do, like I've done it. And I make, we actually prefer the like homemade desserts that I make without all of the sugar and stuff in them. Like we use maple syrup and honey and um, monk fruit sweetener. And like, there are alternate, there are always alternatives. It's just a learning curve to, to understand and learn what you can use and how you can make good tasting food. But we don't miss any of that stuff. No. Um, and at the same time, there's also better option, like packaged foods and candies yes. and things like that, you know, like smarter sweets. And I can't remember all of the brands, but there are brands that you can find. And like, you know, we went to target the other day and I rarely ever, like my, my daughter will ask for like a piece of candy that's at checkout. And I always say no, but today or yesterday, there was like these smarter sweets, Swedish fish. And she asked for it. And I was like, you know what? You can have that. Cause I know that it's not perfect, yeah. but I feel comfortable with you eating that today because you eat really well. You want it. That's something that's an option that is a bit healthier that I feel good about. So it's yeah. not like, again, it's not all or nothing. It's just like picking your priorities and finding alternatives. And it's not like your, your kids are really missing out on anything. And a lot of the like processed foods and the things, the chemicals and food colorings and dyes and things that are in those foods. One of the problems is that they can be very addictive. And so initially it can be really rough because they're addictive. But once you kind of get past that and you've broken that addiction, it's not, it it just, I think it just becomes a bit easier. And on our taste buds change too. Even when I first started this, you know, uh, I, so I did the, I told you the elimination diet. And once I, you know, I was eating very conventionally and I, uh, pulled all these foods out and then was reintroducing them. But I, I was also being really mindful of my sugar intake. I was keeping it to under 24 grams a day, like letting my body get retrained to enjoy real food. Oh my goodness. After like two weeks of this almonds tasted like dessert to me. (laughs) And I, I, this was not how I ate. I was literally like, almonds for dessert. Like that's ridiculous to me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I think the same is true for our our kids. It's for everyone, right? Our, our, like you said, a lot of these foods have been designed to be addictive. Mm -hmm. And even if they're not, they're really high in sugar, a lot of them. And that in and of itself is addictive and it will take time for our bodies to change. And um, initially things aren't going to taste amazing compared to the other thing, because they're not designed to be addictive. But of, and, uh, over time, it's going to taste better. And I've been on a mission probably since this all began for myself to find ways to make the things that I love still taste amazing and be fun for me. So yeah. I, I didn't want to be like, oh, I had to get rid of it. It wasn't like this depriving myself of mm-hmm. anything. It was actually giving a gift to myself. And totally. it, that could still be delicious and fun and beautiful. So I started that just for me selfishly. And then it, because it worked and because I was feeling so good, I wanted to share that with the people that I loved and I invite them in to be, and I love feeding people anyway. So I'm like, want to feed people and show them like, look, this is like good for your body and it mm-hmm. still tastes so good. And it's so fun. And now, you know, here I am a million years later and there's like my kids and I've got my nieces and nephews and I want to be like auntie Shauna, the one who, when you come to her house, you eat all the fun stuff. And it's like, Mm -hmm. like, I want them to have this memory of like enjoying the things that I serve them here. And I want them to know that those things fuel you and they're delicious and fun too. I'm just like on this mission. Look, have, you know, family gatherings. And like, we did like a big drive-in movie thing. And I brought everybody like a big snack bag for their cars with all Mm -hmm. like fun stuff, like the better choice stuff, like the smarter sweets and whatever. And I do that kind of stuff often. And some of my family members who are not really living less toxic at all, they're like, man, Sean always has the best snacks. And that makes me so happy. It's amazing. (laughs) I know. I know. Like when we have people over and I like try a new dessert recipe and it's like, refined sugar-free and dairy-free or whatever. Cause my son eats dairy-free right now. And like, my goal is, do they like it? Like, do they, yeah. do they even know, do they even know that it's like not full of like, you know, sh- regular sugar and like butter and all of this, not the butter we love yeah. butter, but like my son has a right. dairy intolerance. So, um, and when they are like, Oh, this is so good. That's just, it's like a win for me. It just makes me feel so yeah. good about myself. I made a coffee cake the other day and it was amazing. And I couldn't even tell that it was like gluten-free and whatever. Yeah.
I want to share with you guys one of my all-time favorite companies. I'm passionate about this company. I've been using them for over three years, and they make some of the cleanest and most affordable personal care products for the entire family, personal care and wellness products. So they have herbal remedies and tinctures. They have personal care products. My husband and myself use their deodorant on a daily basis. And most recently, they've launched a home care cleaning line, which we now have transitioned pretty much all of our cleaning products over to their their cleaning products. So we use their cleaning spray and their dishwasher detergent and their laundry detergent and their dishwashing soap. And we have been so impressed with not only the quality and simplicity of their products, but also the affordability and small company, family-owned company experience that we get when we shop with them. So the company is Earthly, and they are just phenomenal. You can go shop at earthly.com, and Earthly is spelled E-A-R-T-H-L-E-Y.com slash R-E-F slash T Kulik. Alternatively, you can thank me for your checkout. Um, thank you, thank me for your order in the checkout section, and you can use the code Taylor10 to save 10% off your first order. Okay, so you talked about, um, too, like having a reluctant spouse or like a partner who's just really not on board. Did you experience that? And if so, do you have any tips like for how to get them more on board? There have been some things that Damien hasn't been like a super fan of, or he's open to trying new things, but if they don't work, he's out, you know, mm. and there's still some things that he holds on to. But I think in the beginning, a lot of the things that I was changing were saving us money and he was very on board with that. So if you can do things like that, that usually helps. So I was making my own cleaning products and I still do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And he loved that. It was, they worked and they were saving us money and that was awesome. And, um, a lot of the other swaps I was doing, I mean, we really couldn't afford to be doing a whole lot at all of changes. So uh, the swaps that I was doing, they still tasted great or they worked great and they did not really cost much different if at all. So I think that that's a really great way to start making a transition. Um, but yeah, they have to work and they can't like, you know, hurt our life. Yeah. (laughs) So so finding ways to do that is probably really helpful. And then it just depends on the person. Some people really like the data and the science behind things and some don't really care so much. So it's like, it's, it's finding the, the balance and, and what works for your whole team, you know? Yeah. And what matters to like, what matters to your spouse? Do they care about the health stuff or do they care more about the money? Yeah. I like that. My, my husband, Andy has always been pretty on board with all of this, but then there are every once in a while, there's like one thing that he just like, he cannot give it up. And I let him have his things. Like, you know, I can't control him, but like one of them is mouthwash. It's so funny, which we actually found a mouthwash now, but for a while it was, I was trying to make him mouthwash with essential oils and it was horrible. And he was like, this is disgusting. I'm not using this. And I was like, but mouthwash is not good for you. And he just didn't care. And so whatever you can have it. But, um, and I think you brought up a, a, a point that I want to expand on a little bit too, is that I think there's this misunderstanding about, um, you know, living a more low toxic lifestyle that you're going to have to like have all of these products. And it's really, I have found the opposite to be true. I actually find that living more low toxic lifestyle, um, is more aligned with a more simplistic, minimalistic lifestyle, especially in terms of like personal care products and cleaning products. You actually, you kind of find that you don't need all of the individual products you have. Like you can use one thing, like when I was making my own cleaning products for a long time too, and I use vinegar and baking soda and essential oils for everything. Like you don't need the 20 bottles. Like you only need a couple of different things. Um, and the same with personal care products. Like I've actually found, like I used to, you know, have 12 different things that I put on my hair or my body every day. And now I like, don't use, I use maybe one or two things. Like I just don't use a lot. And a lot of things you can use for multiple purposes too. Right. Yeah. Same. You know, like I'll use jojoba oil as my face cleanser, my moisturizer, Mm -hmm. my body moisturizer, just the one thing. So it's taking up less space in my home and in my brain and in my pocketbook, you know, and and really there is a lot of simplification that happens, but again, that doesn't happen all at once. That can be very overwhelming to be like, I'm going to swap everything. Yes. But, but I did also start to see that in, in my home, things got a lot more simplified and uh, a lot more 
budget friendly in a lot of ways. Yeah. And because of that, it enabled me to then have the means to make the bigger purchases when I need to, or like, you know, I, I we probably weren't going here, but like sometimes some of the foods like meat, for example, does cost more to get the better quality mm -hmm. meat, but we're eating out way less often. And I'm saving money in all these other areas. And I think a lot of it really balances out. And in the end, for a lot of people who find that you are spending less and buying less things in order to live a less toxic life. Right. Totally. And on top of that too, it's kind of just, it's like picking your priorities. Like, do I want to spend money on cable or do I want to spend a little bit more money on food every month? And it's like, it's, it's all kind of relative. And at the same time, it's almost an investment. Like you're investing in your health. So, you know, I, my family, we're willing to spend more on the food that we eat, knowing that we probably aren't knock on wood, we're going to not need as much, as much medical care. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be sick all the time. Not to say that we don't ever get sick, but we really don't get sick very often. And my kids, like when they do get sick, they, they fight it off really quickly because I know that their immune system is, is thriving, um, right. because we really do take care of our health. And so it's, it's, I like to think of it in terms of an investment, um, which I know is hard for some people to grasp. It took me a while to grasp that concept because it's hard to see, you know, you're spending so much more money on this type of meat than and, you know, meat that maybe you used to buy, but it really is an investment, especially when you start really noticing how you're feeling in response to those changes. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any resources if people are just wanting to learn more or get started? Do you have any resources where people can actually find like specific information about maybe, you know, what, um, what ingredients they might want to avoid or like where to start looking? Besides your Instagram account, because that would be well, the there's, there's a place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't educate as much as I would like to, but yeah, there, there are lots of resources and that in and of itself can be pretty overwhelming. So I think everyone has to kind of find their own balance with that, but it could be Instagram accounts, people sharing things that are, you know, uh, things that you're looking for different products mm -hmm. or DIY things like that. They're also, I've really enjoyed using apps like, and websites like EWG and think dirty. They are not foolproof. And there's a yeah. lot of issues that people can find there, but it has helped me to unpack what's in products and learn what ingredients are and if I need them or not. Um, but mm -hmm. really, I think it, it really begins with turning packages over, reading the ingredients. And I'm not, saying that you need to understand every single ingredient on every single product, but becoming more aware of what we're purchasing, what we're buying, what we're ingesting, what we're inviting into our homes. So I really think that it starts very simply right there. And then going a step beyond that is starting to use different resources like books and websites and uh, social accounts to start to get more informed and educated about the different ingredients and different products, and then just taking it one step at a time from there. Totally. And, you know, I think that part of the problem, which I was, I think I was going to talk about this earlier and I, it just slipped my mind because I had so many areas of things I wanted to talk about and ask you, but part of the problem is that, um, we don't have a lot of good information about this stuff from the people that we are meant to be trusting, like our government and, um, you know, the FDA and things like that, because they really don't regulate this stuff. And I find it really interesting because I don't know the specific numbers, but when I first started learning about this, um, I, I found that out that, you know, Europe, a lot of European countries have banned like all of these, these chemicals and, and ingredients and food and things like that, that we here in the States anyways, I know there's listeners from all over the world, but here in the United States, it has not been banned. Like companies are free to use those ingredients. And so I think that's really interesting. And I think that's a point that people maybe would want to know about is that just because something is on the shelves at a grocery store or that you know, something is FDA approved doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100% safe or non-toxic. Yeah. And on the contrary, you know, like either way. So mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, we kind of take a stance here is like innocent until proven guilty for letting things hit our shelves. Yeah. And in a way, I think that that is good because we are able as a consumer to make our own choices about mm -hmm. things. But in a way, it's also very manipulative because a lot of the things that aren't serving us are advertised and marketed as though that they are safe and not just safe, but beneficial. And especially right. things that are marketed for kids, which makes mm -hmm. me extremely upset. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, we can't just put all of our trust into one 
body, one entity, one person. We need to really take individual responsibility for the things that we are choosing to buy. And what we invest in is going to change the market because that's what they care about really more than Mm -hmm. the consumer's health or life. They're really more interested in the numbers and how it's affecting their business. So the way that we can make any change is really to stop buying the products from the people that are making the things that aren't doing any good for us and using that, you know, when we're talking about redirecting our budget or spending money on certain things, it's, it's changing the shape of all of this for not just us, but for the future, you know, as our kids get older, there will be more accessibility to things that weren't so attainable for us because we're changing it now, you know, but like, but back to the point is, you know, some things are, are FDA approved or allowed, but that doesn't mean that it's for our good. I just made a post today that is uh, should doesn't equal, I mean, sorry, able doesn't equal should just because I'm able to have the things doesn't mean that it is best for me. And even if it, is okay for you doesn't mean that it is okay for everyone. And we each have to take responsibility for our own bodies and for our children. And, and, and I think that that's going to end up making it a lot better for everyone all around. Absolutely. And I think that it's all connected, right? Because my entire account, this podcast, like we talk about personal accountability and parenting differently than maybe is mainstream or the norm. And this is no different. This is just taking, you know, taking responsibility and being empowered, learning what you need to know about the things that you're bringing into your home and not just solely relying on external um, agencies and or authority figures to make those determinations for you. And so I think that's so important. Shauna, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Can you tell us where we can find you? So I'm on Instagram at a little less toxic and I have a website. It's also a little less toxic.com. I've just started a YouTube. Don't know if anything else will show up there, but you know, it's there. So check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll end up posting more stuff. I'm showing up when I'm able to best I can different places and hoping that it helps serve someone somewhere. So those are the best places to find me for now. That's amazing. And we are so appreciative of your knowledge and just what you share with your community. And I just want to say that Shauna has a lot of links and like affiliate links and discount codes on her Instagram. I can't, I have purchased so many things through your like codes and affiliate, like you've introduced me to so many products. And I think that's so powerful. Like on the one hand, social media can be really, there's a lot of negatives to social media. Right. But on the other hand, like pretty much all of the low toxic, non-toxic stuff that I use in my house, I have been recommended. It's been recommended to me on social media somewhere from somebody that I trust. Um, and so if you're looking for like just a, a start at like what products to even look at, what brands to look at, Shauna has like tons of highlights and she's always sharing stuff and she has discount codes for you. And that's just a really easy way to also support Shauna and the work, all of the work that she does for free on her Instagram account too. So Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us, Shauna. Thank you. I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.